Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. One of the issues that many couples get hung up on is how to stay individual when they become part of a couple. And what usually happens is the discussion occurs in terms of independence versus dependence. But because this is the wrong framework, there ends up being an unnecessary tension. And like most things, it isn't a question of either stay separate or lose your identity to the marriage blob. It's a form of both and that interdependence represents. It's about being both separate and connected. And finding this balance is what today's show is all about. And to help in the process, I'm joined by Ryan Gordon. She's a relationship educator. Yes, there are such things. And a co-founder of the Healthy Humans Project. So, Ryan, thanks so much for taking some time and being on the show to talk about this rather interesting topic. Absolutely, Leslie. Thanks so much for having me. So, I wanted to talk with you because you wrote an article entitled, One of the Best Kept Secrets for Deepening Your Relationship. And anytime I hear best kept secrets in relationships, it's like, okay, i got to go check this out. Of course. So <laughs> what is this one thing and what makes it so important? So this is kind of a multi-layered secret that I discovered here while I was looking into this. So the, the first layer of this is, um, I'm sure you're familiar with John and Julie Gottman, and for oh, yeah. the listeners who aren't, they, they are these amazing um, relationship researchers. They're kind of the, the heads in this relationship field. They're fantastic. And they have done a lot of studying on what they call emotional bids which okay. are essentially calls for connection in your relationship. So you are asking your partner or your spouse to connect with you in some way. So like an example would be like your spouse comes home from work and you say, hey, honey, how was your day? That's like the emotional bid. And they can choose either to turn towards you and um, interact with you in that emotional bid or they can kind of shut down the bid, you know, and that can look like either they don't respond or they just say fine and the conversation kind of ends there. You know, you have these, mm -hmm. these opportunities where you have, you can have conversations and connect with each other and sometimes those get shut down if we're not aware of them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and, and the Gottmans have found that these, these emotional bids with happy couples, they are turning towards their partner 20 times more than unhappy couples are. So they're making these emotional how many, bids how many times 20, more? 20 times more. So wow. a whole lot more than unhappy couples are. So they're, they're seeking for these opportunities for connection and they're turning towards each other when one of them is making that emotional bid to connect. Interesting. So those are super important for happy relationships. So that's kind of the first layer of this, the secret that, that I found. And then the second layer of that is a specific type of emotional bid that I decided to look into, which is asking your partner for help. Okay. So, so, so this, go ahead. Yeah, can you expand on that a little bit? 
Yes, for sure. So asking, asking your partner for help is a specific type of bid that um, I found uh, while I was doing this research has special benefits that can help you create stronger connection in your relationship. Um, it's kind of a, a deeper emotional bid. It, it, there's certain things about it that make it really helpful in connecting you with your partner. So what, what, are, what are those things? What, what makes it different? So um, it, the, the thing about asking for help, um, it's kind of a vulnerable thing. Um, we all, you know, I've, I've struggled with asking for help and just in my own life. I mean, we all have so many different things that we juggle and asking for help is kind of a vulnerable thing. You know, you, you face mm -hmm. the, the um, possibility of rejection when you ask for help. People can shut you down and tell you no. And so when you ask your partner for help, you know, that's a really vulnerable thing. And vulnerability is an opportunity for deeper connection with each other. It builds trust when we do respond in the correct way or in, in a positive way, I should say. Uh -huh. And so, so that essentially is the, is the biggest part of this is that it is that, that higher risk that you're taking when you're being vulnerable and asking your spouse for help allows for higher amounts of connection and deeper connection essentially when you do connect with each other. So when I'm struggling to open a jar and I ask my husband to come help me, that's, that, that's a good thing for my marriage, right? It, for sure. <laughs> For sure it is. It gives him a chance to, to turn to you and, and help you. And it helps him feel needed, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we, yeah, I think that's, that's a huge part of our relationships and particularly our romantic relationships is feeling wanted and needed. And so when we ask our partner for help, we're letting them know that we need them. Well, you know, it's really interesting because um, I've, I've had a couple of experiences just within the last couple of weeks, and I'm, for the most part, I'm terrible about asking for help because, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to struggle through and, and do it myself. I mean, I, for I had, sure. I mean, I've had both my elbows operated on, not at the same time, and, you know, my husband <laughs> wants to help me, and it's like, no, I've got it. You know, I mean, I, I can do this. Everything except my own hair. That was the only thing I mm -hmm. could do for. But I mean, you know, and, 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 you know, I've had, um, you know, I've had friends with, you know, who've had serious illnesses and, you know, they, they don't, they don't tell people what's happening until after mm -hmm. the fact. Um, and, and I've even had a friend recently who, who lost her husband and she's, you know, she's really struggling and it's, and it's very oh, wow. hard for her. It, you know, because she feels like she's imposing on people and, you know, we're all just, yes. like, you know. And so what is it that makes it so hard? To, I mean, yeah, I mean, the chance of being rejected is, I mean, I, I guess it's there, but mm -hmm. um, I suppose there's some instances or some people who just aren't willing to help, but I think most people are. Right. Um, but we have this kind of, I guess, push me, pull you about, I don't, I don't want to impose upon you. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to interrupt your life. Definitely. Like, I don't, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to be a burden. I, I don't, yeah. first, I don't want to, to push myself on you. If, if, if you're not, for sure. Dances. Yes. No, absolutely. I, I think, 
Um, this is something that I think we're taught from the time we're little, is this, this idea of being independent and needing to be independent. I mean, we, want our, we teach our kids. We want our kids to do things on their own and to not have to ask us for help, I guess. And we're happy to help them when they, when they do ask, but we train mm -hmm. them essentially to be independent and to do their own thing. And so I think that is kind of where this stems from, is just this mm -hmm. cultural idea that we need to be able to do things on our own. And that is, is you know, there, there are some benefits to that for sure, but I think it's so important for us to realize that we don't have to do them alone or also that we don't, we, we don't need to do them alone and that we can't do them alone. I think there are a well, lot of things that we do need other people for, and, and that's one of the reasons why healthy relationships are so important and why relationships are so important, these connections, is because we need each other. Well, yeah, we need each other on, on a much deeper level, I think, than most realize. And, you know, I, I think when we try to do too much on our own or feel like if we ask for help, we're imposing, on some level we're actually, you know, kind of keeping somebody out of our lives in a way. And I don't think most yes. people think about it that way. No, definitely not. Well, I think if you think of it on our end, you know, when someone asks us, asks us for help, we usually are, I mean, I, I am happy to help people <laughs> when they ask me for help, you know, and I'm, I'm happy to give, uh, give my time. I'm happy to kind of set other things aside maybe that I'm doing so that I can help because we want to be helpful. We want people to know that we care about them and that we are here for them and we don't want them to, to feel alone. And so, so, when we look at it on that side, we're like, of course we would be willing to help people, but when it's us, when it's us that is, is asking, we, you know, for some reason we get hung up on either, no, I can do this by myself, I don't need help, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm strong enough to do this alone, or um, I don't want to be a burden and I don't want to um, inconvenience this other person. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, I think it's like most things that it's, um, there's a balance to it. That Definitely. And, you know, I just had this, I just had this thing, you know, I just thought pop into my head and I, I you know, where somebody is, you know, too needy. And I, I don't mm -hmm. like anything that's described as, you know, with the, with the modifier of two because that to me implies judgment. But, you know, this, yeah. this idea that, you know, that there's a line between, yes, you know, be able to do regular, I guess, normal things for yourself, mm -hmm. um, but that there are times when it's important to, I don't, to ask for help or be connected to other people. I mean, you, you, you mm -hmm. were talking earlier and it made me, it made me think, of you know what Brene Brown says about you know vulnerability yes. that it's like I love it when other people are you know show their vulnerability but it's not okay for me to do it and I think for it's me the same no here. <laughs> absolutely it's, you know it's okay for me to help you but 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 I don't need help <laughs> absolutely no it's it's this funny funny little conundrum we've gotten ourselves into and this just just idea that we can't ask for help, but everyone else can. And, you know, I think, I think you're absolutely right where it's, it's, you know, there are, there, it's a balance. There are things that we should, you know, strive to do ourselves and try to, to be 
self-sufficient and self-reliant in a lot of different things, but I think there are opportunities um, to invite other people to be parts of our lives and to help us and connect with us that we sometimes miss or overlook because we think we have to do it alone or that, that people expect us to do it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't. I mean, we, we, need, we need that connection and we need other people. Well, and I'm wondering, you know, in the description of the happy couples who have, you know, 20 more bids, you know, 20 times more bids um, mm-hmm. than, than the unhappy couples, that I think that maybe uh, it sounds like that might just be, okay, so, so, we're, so when somebody does ask for help, they already have that positive interaction. So my Definitely. guess the chance of rejection, of rejection might not be quite so high in those cases. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So when you're building this kind of a pattern and this habit of practicing these emotional bids and responding positively to them with, with kind of these lower risk things, you know, that, hey, honey, how was your day? That's kind of a lower risk bid. Um, you know, for someone to shut down, then you feel, I think you feel a lot more comfortable and a lot more safe in your relationship to ask your partner for help, especially if it's something that's, that you're really struggling with and that you really need help with, or maybe something that they, that's not as easy to see on the outside or something that you wouldn't want to share with someone outside of this close relationship with you, you know, when you, sure. uh, you have that safe, that uh, safe place in your own marriage and your own relationship to reach out and ask for help. So this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm talking about the importance of developing interdependence in your marriage with relationship educator and co-founder of the Healthy Humans Project, Brian Gordon. And if you struggle in asking for or receiving help in your marriage, you're not alone. But as we're talking about, humans have an essential need for each other. And if these two concepts are battling it out in your marriage, there is a better way forward. I invite you to take a moment and give me a call or send me an email to schedule a free, no obligation, create your happily ever after marriage transformation session. You can email me at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com, that's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in charlie.com, or you can give me a call at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. And now I want to get back to this conversation about you know, happy couples, their bids for emotional connection, asking for help. Um, and so, Ryan, you were in, in the article you were talking about, you were saying that asking for help creates connection, but then you also kind of went on and talked about its role in establishing an equal partnership. And I know that that's what many people are looking for in marriage mm-hmm. today. So what does asking for help having, have to do with any of that? That's a great question. <laughs> so, so to me, what equal partnership means and what it looks like is we've been talking about kind of finding this balance in our, in our relationships between this give and take, you know, both, both partners being able to contribute equally to the relationship and feeling needed, and in turn, both partners feeling supported and helped by each other. Mm-hmm. And so really, I feel, like, I feel like this equal partnership is kind of the perfect 
manifestation of this interdependence that we're striving for in our relationships, you know, being an individual but also being a unit together needing each other. And and I kind of I like to think of it as this the as synergy, which, uh-huh. you know, it's the two two parts of a whole uh, that come together and make a greater whole than just the two unique parts alone by themselves. So so that that to me is what equal partnership kind of looks like. And with asking for help, kind of a supporting us uh, in that quest for equal partnership, um, it, it contributes to both partners feeling needed in their relationship. So when one partner asks the other for help, you know, that lets them know that they are needed in that relationship. And then when that partner turns towards the other and positively responds, um, that helps the other person know that they can trust their their partner and that they can receive the help that they need. And um, it sets that pattern that we talked about of turning towards each other and supporting each other uh, when we need help and when we need each other in our relationships. So it's that it's that give and take. And um, the the key there, I think, is that both partners are showing each other that they need each other. So both are asking for that help, and then both are responding to those emotional bids by turning towards each other, which is kind of tricky sometimes to, to figure out in a marriage. It takes practice. <laughs> <laughs> for well, sure. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, I mean and as, as we're talking about this, I'm having, again, I'm having thoughts just go flying through my head about, yeah. you know, in, in some respects, this concept of an, equal, of an equal partnership has kind of turned the quote-unquote traditional marriage on its head because, you know, back back in the day when women weren't allowed to work outside the home, uh-huh. there was the need, they needed their husbands for financial support, and now that women don't necessarily need that, it's, it's kind of, I think that men sometimes struggle with feeling needed, feeling appreciated, yes. feeling like they're contributing because I remember um, years ago a friend of mine was was getting her PhD and we we actually were having this conversation about um, how to let her husband know that he was still necessary because he's been financially supporting her up until that point in time and I think that you know we, we, we get into these conversations and we don't understand that it's it's not that the men want to control the finances. It's, it's they want to feel needed. They want you know, absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think this is why they also, when we come to them with something, they want to fix things because it's like, yes, that's a way yes. to show that they're helping us. You know, absolutely to and contribute to yes to the relationship. Uh huh. No, absolutely. I think I think it's definitely shifted throughout the years to more of this. I don't know. We don't. We don't. Maybe don't need each other as much financially or um, in that way. But we do need each other emotionally, and and so that is where a lot of these these bids. I think. I mean, they're called emotional bids for a reason. It's that it's that mm-hmm. emotional connection that really helps us feel wanted and needed in our relationships. And you know, with asking for help, it doesn't always have to be an emotional thing. Um, like with with husbands wanting to fix things. I, I talk about this in my article. So I have a dad who can fix just about anything. He's just a handyman. Uh-huh. That's always what how he's been. And um I so I my whole life I've been used to 
calling my dad and asking my dad for help when I needed something fixed. Mm-hmm. And I had my husband express to me that he, he, was, he was frustrated with that because he felt like he didn't have the opportunity to fix what I needed fixed because I was mm-hmm. always calling my dad for help there. <laughs> and so, that, so I was like, oh, my goodness. And I hadn't even thought about that, that that would, would be an opportunity there for him to feel like, like I needed him, which I do. I do need my husband. And, and so, so I, I have tried to kind of take note of that and make more of an effort to ask, go to my husband first rather than to my dad. Or, and this uh-huh. is in not just that situation, but you can do this for, for all sorts of different situations where you maybe would turn to someone else and try turning to your spouse first, making them kind of your first, first responder that you call or talk to about something um, to show them that you need them and that they are the person that you think of first when you need help with something. Well, and I, I, and I do think that's a really great idea, and, and putting this into all realms, you know, like, you know, emotional needs or actual physical things. Or, For sure. Know, it's, it's how do people, because we all want to know that we matter, and I think that that's what, when somebody asks us for help, it, it's multi-layered. It's not just a simple, you know, hey, can you, you know, grab something on the way home or can yes. you sit and have a conversation with me about this, this situation at work? It's, it really is about showing trust and, and vulnerability because we can't be vulnerable if the, we don't feel safe. And Definitely. That these, are, that these are the things that underpin a successful relationship. But I want to go back to something that I was talking about before, um, and how we separate how how we separate out asking for help from being needy. Yes. Because yes. I know yes. From feeling feeling too needy. Yeah. You know. And again, I think that that's that that's a judgment, you know, but, but again, it's, it's, it, it seems like there might be a real fine line between those two things. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, so I, um, in thinking about this, like when, when people say, oh, he or she is too needy, I think like, aren't, aren't we all needy? Like, don't we all have needs? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think we, we, you know, we hear that and, and there's this really negative connotation with being too needy. Um, in in a relationship or um, you know in in our interactions with anybody, and I think I think it's important to recognize that we all have these needs, um, physical needs, emotional needs, financial needs. We have needs that that need to be met in order for our relationships to succeed, and for in order for us to feel healthy and happy in these in these relationships. So we have those needs, and and I think. Part of moving away from this this idea of someone being too needy kind of rests with the partner who's receiving the emotional bids. I think that's important uh-huh. um, to, you know, when your partner reaches out for help, to choose to see that as a need for connection and um, also to view, you know, the relationship as as a whole and as a team, you know, as a team effort that we are working towards together. And so when, you, when you're acting as a team, you are thinking of yourself as, 
you know, a steward of, of your partner's needs. And, and we're not the only person that's in charge of that. I mean, they, you know, we're all in charge of, of making sure of that our own needs, needs are yeah. met and expressing our needs. But, but trying to see yourself, you know, as someone who can contribute in meeting those needs. And, and that's part of, you know, you're needed in that relationship because you're a steward of your partner's needs. So we... Well, find, go yeah, ahead. I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting because I think you're, you're, we've been talking about this and I think it's about what we were talking about before about the give and take that... Definitely. You know, that that we, we are each reaching out and we are each accepting and, you know, it, it's, it's this, like you said, this back and forth and I think it's... it's the more ba- you know, the more in in balance it is. I think probably the healthier and happier people are going to be, and and not Absolutely. feel like oh, this person is imposing it is imposing. It's so needy. Me. Definitely, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, if it, if it's one person that's asking all the time, then yeah, that might look like they're really needy in that relationship because the other person isn't reciprocating, showing that person that they are also needed. It just kind of turns into this one sided thing. So I absolutely agree. I think it's that balance, and and that's where that equal partnership kind of comes in too. Is that you're both contributing equally as a team to the relationship and to helping each other feel wanted and needed and supporting each other. Well, and I think it's really interesting because I know that um, generally speaking, it's women who are considered too needy. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, but I can see how in unhealthy relationships, this can actually almost be weaponized where. Yes. Um, oh, definitely. You know, you're coming to me and I'm mad at you, so I'm going to shut you down. And then that makes you even less. Um, less likely to come in the future. Yeah, or, or then the only times we ever talk is when you absolutely need something. Need something, yes. This really unhealthy dynamic. Kind of dynamic, definitely. And, you know, I think that goes back to that, to the whole thing you're talking about um, with the Gottmans and the emotional bids and people moving towards each other because it's, you know, it's the whole concept of like attracts like that if we have negative interaction that's what you know we're going to have more of it whereas if we have mm-hmm. the positive interaction we're going to have more of it and you know it's the emotional bids it's the reaching out you know and and I would recommend that you know if maybe people aren't in a great place that they start out with maybe some of the smaller definitely less, Less personal, so like, like I, I mean, I joke. I, I for years I used to joke, well, joke with my husband that I kept him around to open the jars that I couldn't open. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, and it's a joke, but 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 again, it partially isn't a joke because yeah, it it, it really is a way for him to help me out. And definitely, it's those well, it's those smaller those smaller safer bids for help that help us to build that foundation of trust in the relationship and feel safe to come forward with, with things that are a little, a little deeper and a little harder to ask for. Right. Um, so do you have any suggestions other than the ones we were just talking about, about how people can either become more aware first off and then maybe become more intentional in, in their actions in 
in asking, both asking for and, and giving help? Absolutely. That's a great, that's a great question. I think, I think a lot of it starts with understanding our own needs and what we actually need. And sometimes, you know, recognizing when, when it's not something on the surface, it's those deeper needs. I think we, mm-hmm. um, we don't always recognize that in ourselves. And so starting with you and, and trying to, you know, figure out what, what your deeper needs are. I think the love languages are a really great way to, to do this. Uh-huh. I think that's, that's kind yeah, of just a, a great, great place to start, I think, is those, what, what things really make us feel loved and connected in our relationships. Um, because those are often at the root of these emotional bids that we're making. You know, if we are a, a quality time kind of person, then we're going to be bidding for more time with our partner. Or if we're a physical touch, you know, you're going to be giving kisses or trying to connect physically with your with your partner. So, so I think those are a really great place to start in both with yourself and then with your partner as well. I mean, you can both get to know each other's love languages and try to recognize when you are making um, bids for connection that kind of relate to those and what your needs are. Uh-huh. So I think that's a good I think that's a good place to start, and then um, in you know being being more intentional and in recognizing when your partner is is um, bidding for for those connections. I think um, slowing down first of all. I think we we are so busy today. <laughs> We're yeah. just go 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 all the time, and so I think. Um, maybe setting aside specific time to slow down, um, disconnect, maybe unplug from our phones, from social media, different things like that that kind of keep us um, disconnected in a way from our from our uh-huh. relationships that are right in front of our faces. Um, <laughs> I think I think yeah. that if we can, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's there's there's good and and bad. It's kind of a double edged sword with with those kinds of things. I think if we if we are more taking with our spouse to to connect and to talk about these things, I mean these those those love languages tests are a great um, conversation starter. You can talk about uh, how you feel loved in your relationship and and uh-huh. these needs that you want met, and maybe how you're you can. I, you know, my my answer is always talk about it. Talk with your spouse about <laughs> about feeling. You know how you would like to feel more connected, or how you can both be more intentional about paying attention to these things. And you know, it's it's it all starts with with you understanding yourself better, and then seeking turning out and turning towards your partner and seeking to understand better how they need you. Yeah, I think that's great. You know, paying attention and in and, and conversation, I think, absolutely. Definitely. Definitely a way, way to move forward. So can you tell people where they can find out more about you and, and your organization? Yes, definitely. So we're called the Healthy Humans Project, and we're made up of a group of family life and relationship educators. We do exist. You said that at the beginning. <laughs> and um, we're, so we're an online educational platform. So you can find us on our website. It's healthyhumansproject.com. We have a blog there. That's where um, most of our um, relationship education information is, kind of these, uh, these discussions that we're having. And we're research-based, so we stick with um, the research that's out there to give uh, our readers good information that they can 
hopefully trust with us so that they, they know that um, the information that we're sharing is good, solid information that they can use to benefit their own relationships. So you can find us on our website, and then you can also find us, we're on Instagram and Facebook, um, just at Healthy Humans Project. It's pretty easy to find us. So we'd love to um, have you follow us there, and you can always reach out to us um, on any of those platforms. We have a contact us form on our website uh, that you can reach out to us through. So we love hearing your ideas, questions that you have about relationships, things you'd like us to talk about. So feel free to reach out to us anytime. Well, terrific. And I just want to remind people that the concept of being completely independent and making it on your own is actually a myth. None of us make it on our own. We are hardwired for connection. But as you've been talking about today, deep connection has an element of vulnerability to it. And this is what most of us find scary. But asking for help allows other people to show their love for you. And who doesn't want that? So hopefully you'll keep listening to the show to find out more about marriage educa and relationship education. And until next week, stay loving.